morning's message is The Process. The Process is, is the title of this morning's message. And so if you've missed part of the Abide series, I want to catch you up. What is the purpose of Abide? The purpose of Abide is to bring the kingdom or culture of heaven into the kingdom or culture of this earth. And, Je- and Matthew chapter number 6 verse 10 says it best in the Lord's Prayer. And I've added this word in here because we don't really understand uh, kingdom in the United States of America, America because we're not a kingdom, but we do have a culture in in Matthew chapter 16, it says, Your kingdom or culture come, your will or culture be done, on earth in our culture as it is in heaven, your culture. So what we've been praying for in the Abide series is that the culture of heaven would come and manifest itself in the realm that we live in, the culture of this earth, and we would enter as the body of Christ into a new reality of the kingdom reality manifesting in this earthly culture that we live in. So we look Act and operate like Jesus did. How many of you know that Jesus abided in a heavenly culture even though he lived in the earthly culture that he was in, but he operated outside of the realm of the earthly culture um, and he operated in the heavenly culture even though he was here on earth. That's why Jesus always said the kingdom of heaven is at hand and whatever he touched with his hand was transformed into the heavenly culture. Amen. Blind people began to see. Deaf people began to hear. Dead people couldn't stay dead very long. Amen. And and so in our culture, in our life, we want to see the kingdom or culture of God begin to manifest. And so we know that's going to come into our lives in a place when when we embrace and get so familiar with the culture of heaven that we carry it with us into our earthly place and we influence the seven mountains of influence that we've talked about time and time again. And as we recap just a little bit from last week, because we're going to get into a bunch of stuff this week, I wanted to reemphasize this. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? If we're going to enter into this new reality, can you trust him as much with your inabilities? Your inabilities are what you do not know and what has not been revealed to you as much as you can your abilities, those things that you do know and have been revealed to you. Can we trust him as the church? Can we trust him as the body of Christ in what we don't know? Because there's a lot we still don't know about the kingdom or culture of heaven that God wants to manifest here in the culture of this earth. But can we trust him with our inabilities, what we don't know, what seems uncomfortable, what no other church has ever done when he manifests his culture are we going to trust him with our inabilities as much as we do our abilities what we do know what he has revealed to us and so my question to you this morning is can you trust him with your inabilities what you don't know and what hasn't been revealed to you as much as you do your abilities and we can we trust him moving forward and this is where we're going to hit on big time today what moving forward is can we trust him moving forward in what we'll only be able to see looking backwards on the situation that we've got Uh, came through and gone through and so it's our heart's desire that we'll trust him moving forward so we can encounter new things from the father and walk in new new realms of reality that he has for us and so we got to begin to understand there are a lot of situations in life that we go through and it's like and, and we answer it like this father i don't know or, God, it's too much. Or, God, I can't handle this. Or, God, I, I wasn't ready for this. It was unexpected. And we got to begin to realize that in those times of I don't know and it's too much, he's not trying to make you like you. He's trying to make you like him. God's not worried about leaving you as you are. He's trying to get you to a place where you look like him. And so we're only going to be able to trust him moving forward when we realize that the process of moving forward is making us look like him, not like who we are in this earth. And so I want you to begin to grasp that concept. God is making you into more than you. He's making you look like him when you go through trials and circumstances and situations, good and bad. And we begin to understand um, this phrase that we've used since Easter when we launched this series, what we understand, we value. 
and what we value, we steward or manage. And what we steward or manage well, we multiply. And what we multiply, we have authority over. And we've gone through this several times throughout this series. And we're on the last two parts of this. What we steward or manage well, we multiply. And what we multiply, we have authority over. God is wanting to multiply him inside of you so he can give you authority over not just things, over what we learned last week would actually be cities. And so God is trying to make you like him and multiply him inside of you so much that he can begin to give you authority over different areas in the realm of the earth that we live in and that we walk in. And so as we jump into today's part of the message, we want to begin to understand that what you steward is not just your pieces What you steward is his presence because his presence empowers his principles that put your pieces into place. And so we must begin to steward or host the presence of God very well as we go into today's message called The Process. And everybody say, I will steward, manage very well the presence of God. If we don't begin to manage or steward the presence of God very well, and manage does not mean control. It means doing what the Father says to do. Amen. And so when we begin to host the presence of the Holy Spirit very well, a process begins to take place. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Many people like the ideals of multiplication and authority, but we do not embrace the process to get there. We like the ideals of it. We love the idea of when we hear a message of God wants to multiply him inside you. He wants to give you great authority over things. We love the ideal of it, but we don't like to embrace the process of it so much. Give me an amen on this. Because it's a lot of times in the process where the verse of scripture we read, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he prunes the branches, and we don't really like the process, but we want the multiplication and authority, but you cannot have one without the other. And so we must begin to understand, a lot of us like the ideals of multiplication and authority, but we do not embrace the process to get there. And we got to remember, he's making you into more than you, he's making you like him. Okay? And if he's making you like him... You live in the flesh and you live in the natural and he lives in the non-flesh and the supernatural. So if he's making you into like him, there's going to be some of the flesh and the natural that you got to start getting away from. And sometimes that's uncomfortable because flesh is comfortable. And you got to start getting away from some of that and embracing some of this because this is who they are, supernatural. Okay, this is who you really are. You're supernatural. The very son of God himself lives on the inside of you. The very spirit of God himself dwells in you and rests upon you. You are supernatural, but many of us gravitate more towards the natural than the super. Now, come on. God God says you're supernatural, and he's trying to get you in a process that you embrace the supernatural more than the natural, and that's a process that you're going to go through in this life. And so to be him supernatural in the natural world, we're going to encounter many things. We're going to encounter natural things. We're going to encounter broken things things and people and fallen things and fallen people with fallen issues and big time problems and this is why when you walk in the door you're not a project for us to fix you're a person that we love come on give me an amen you're not a project that I'm looking to change you're not a person that I'm looking to 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 manifest something in you're a person I'm called to love because when I love you and I love you the way the father loves you you're going to embrace his supernatural love and begin to push away from the things that are fallen that are broken that are not of him that are keeping you from being all that you're called to be but there's a process that takes place and we got to embrace the process if we're going to get to where God has called us to be and so when when we embrace the process he's going to bring us to a place in him that we've never been before and we are going to be faced with the I don't knows like we talked about earlier and that's too much 
but quit asking for the trials to go away. Okay, a lot of people pray like this. Oh, God, just let it end. He didn't say you were the ender. He said you were the overcomer. Come on. He didn't say you were the ender. He said you were the overcomer. And so what God is trying to do in this process of your life, we've got to quit asking for the test or the trial to get easier. He's trying to promote you through it and put you in a place of authority. Because you cannot be an authority over something you have not overcome. Come on. You cannot be an authority over something that you have not overcome. When you overcome it, then you have the ability to walk in authority over it. And a lot of us, we have been praying for ending, not overcoming. But we rather have, we want multiplication and authority, but we don't want the process. The process is the overcoming. When you go into management in the earthly world, you've overcome some things. When I was a sacker at Brookshire's, I started out as a sacker, a bag boy, carrying groceries in and out of cars all day long. Then I overcame sacking to overcoming. Or over, uh, I overcame sacking groceries. I overcame it to stocking groceries on a shelf. I overcame stocking groceries to be a manager over stocking groceries. And I overcame stocking groceries and being a manager over that. And I did it at night. And then I overcame the night crew and became the, the assistant day manager. And then I began to say, this isn't what I want to do. I want to go into ministry. <laughs> Grocery business is so much easier. <laughs> I'm telling you. But I could not get into a place of authority and management until I overcame some things. I didn't pray for the job to get easier. I prayed for my arms to be stronger. And if we're going to walk in authority over things, we must begin to overcome some things, not always pray for the test to quit or for the test to stop or because it's too hard. I'm curious about this. When is the day we're going to run to battle instead of run from battle? When is the day you're going to run to the battle, not from the battle? We always love to promote David and Goliath in the great story, but we don't, what we don't want to do is what David did. David spent time with the Father, and before he went to battle, he was in the presence, and he hosted or managed the presence well. So when he went to battle, he didn't have to run from Goliath. He got to run to Goliath. Oh, now, come on. Some of y'all need to be getting to run to your problems. Quit running from your problems. Quit trying to sweep them under a rug and act like they don't exist. God's not trying to, to make them like they don't exist. He's trying to get you to overcome them so then you have authority over them so then you can walk a conquering, victor, victorious lifestyle in this earth. He said you're an overcomer. He said you're more than a conqueror. But many of us were afraid and we run from the battle instead of running to the battle. I'm ready for the body of Christ to rise up and let's run to the battle because we know we're an overcomer, we're more than a conqueror, and we got authority over, not just because Jesus said, but because we physically, in this realm of the natural, have overcome, have began to be more than a conqueror, and stepped into a new reality, and we can begin to control environments, not environments controlling us. I'm excited about the day we're in as a church because we're going to prove to the world that we are overcomers, that we are more than conquerors. And we will walk out this life in victory just like the Father promised. So everybody say this. Everybody say strength for the moment. If you're going to overcome this process, you've got to have strength for the moment. Somebody tell me. I need, somebody say, I need strength. And I need it for the moment. Strength for the moment. We must have strength for the moment that we're in. There is always a moment. The moment when you get the phone call, the moment when you get the diagnosis, the moment when you find out about your kids, the moment when you lost your job, there's always a moment of crisis. And it seems like, it seems like the crises never end. There's always a moment. 
But we must not run from the moment. We must rise to the moment. And we must pray, Father, give me strength for the moment. Because how you react in the moment shows how you've been stewarding the presence. I told you we don't like the process. Because how we react in the moment is how we've been stewarding the presence. And many of us, we don't overcome the moment because we haven't been stewarding or hosting the presence. And remember, it's the presence that empowers the pieces or the principles that that begins to, it's the presence that empowers the principles that puts the pieces together. And you're not broken, you just need some assembly required. And when, when the moment or the crisis hits, you're still not broken. But how you react in the moment shows how you've been stewarding the presence in your daily life. And so we must begin to understand that we need strength for the moment, that moment of crisis. And in this, many people crumble instead of rising to the moment. But listen, God never called us to a place of comfort. He called us to a place of faith. God didn't call us to a place of comfort. He called us to a place of faith. And in the moment... If you've been stewarding the presence, it is, no, it, is, it is no problem to respond in faith. But in the moment, if you have not been stewarding the presence, you're not going to respond in faith, but you are going to respond in the counteracting force called fear. So everybody say, I need strength for the moment. And that strength comes for the moment when you've been stewarding or hosting the presence. And so we must realize that in this world, like we said earlier, in this world, if we're operating in a supernatural realm, we're going to encounter fallen, broken, sin, issues, troubles, crisis. But in the crisis, in the moment, in that time, in that opportune second, how you respond in the moment will show how you've been stewarding the presence. When your baby girl comes home and says she's pregnant, How you respond in the moment shows how you've been stewarding the presence. When your spouse comes home and says, I lost my job, how you respond in the moment shows how you've been stewarding the presence. When when, when your kids come home and say, we failed school and we got to retake the same grade next year, and all you're thinking is, it's prolonging it another year. (laughs) How How you respond in the moment shows how you've been stewarding the presence. When you get the diagnosis or the phone call, how you respond in the moment shows how you've been stewarding or hosting the presence. His presence is everything in your life. It is everything to you. It's everything to me. And I can tell by my responses, whether it be to staff members, to my wife, to my kids, I can tell by how I respond and react, and it shows me how well I've been stewarding or hosting his presence. And we must begin to realize that if we do not steward or host his presence, we're going to respond or react according to the natural, not the supernatural. Everybody say strength for the moment. We need strength for the moment. There's always a moment of crisis that arises and we must have strength for the moment. Listen, God never expected you to fail in the moment. He expects you to act like him in the moment. Because you've been stewarding the presence. God doesn't expect you to fail in the moment. He expects you to act like him in the moment. 
God never expected Adam and Eve to fail in the Garden of Eden. He put them there in the Garden of Eden when the serpent was already there because he made them like him and he expected them to overcome and walk in authority over the things that were here. And he said, I give you dominion and authority over everything. Now that you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, the same is true about you. So God doesn't expect you to fail in the moment of crisis. He expects you to respond like him. That's great faith God has in you. Some of y'all need to celebrate that great faith God has in you. Because some of you have been looking at your crisis as it's the be-all, end-all. And God says, no, I'm trying to tell you, you can, you can act like me. He's trying to make you more than you. He's trying to make you like him. And this is the process we must embrace as we move forward. And as we're moving forward, he wants us to act like him. How you rise in the moment is the start, hear me, it's the start of your multiplication process to get you to authority. How you respond in the moment, it's the start of the multiplication of God inside of you to get you to a place of authority. See, we're not trying to multiply things, we're trying to multiply him in us. And as we multiply him in us, I didn't say add to him in us, I said multiply him in us. See, God wants to multiply him in you, and you're just hoping he adds one. <laughs> See, he's trying to multiply you. And as he's multiplying him in you, he's trying to get you to a place of authority. The moment is more than you, and the moment is bigger than you, but it's not bigger than the God in you. <laughs> the moment is more than you. There are times in the church when it's more than I can handle, but it is not more than the God on the inside of me. There are moments in life that are more than I can handle, but it's not more than the God in me. So I'm trusting the God in me as I move forward in what I'll only be able to see looking backwards, but I'm going to trust the process moving forward because he's trying to make him make me more than me. He's trying to make me like him, and God doesn't expect me to fail in the moment. He expects me to act like him because he's got that much faith in him because of his son in me. you got to embrace the process. I should quit right there and go home. I think y'all just like... Now listen, man, God has strength for your moment. And that strength for your moment, it's more than you because it's him in you. He's got strength for you in the moment. And you must embrace that moment. Let's rise to it because he's trying to get you to a place of authority. And he said, so everybody say, strength for the moment. Say, power for the hour. You know the crisis doesn't end in a moment. In fact, moments turn into hours. So you don't just need strength for the moment, you need power for the hour. Everybody say, I need power, I need power. For, my hour. for my hour. You need power for the hour that you're in. So you have strength for the moment to get you to the crisis because he's trying to multiply himself in you to make you like him. But then he brings you power for the hour. God wants the him in you to be greater than the circumstances around you because we all know it doesn't stop in a moment, but it does turn to hours. And when the element of time sets in, your strength for the moment that you're in has to transfer over to a power in your life that is not a moment, but it's a movement that abides. See, I said we're about starting a movement. It's not a moment. It's a movement. And in this process, when the crisis hits and you have strength for the moment, that moment doesn't end because minutes turn into hours. He gives you a power for the hour, but it's that strength in the moment because you've abided in his presence that then you just don't leave that moment, but you make it into a movement as you go forward through the crisis into power of living in your lifestyle. So you have strength for the moment, but now he says, I'm going to expand that moment and give you power for the hour or hours. 
that you're going through. I'm going to give you strength for the moment. I'm going to be with you in crisis, but I want to be, for, be with you more than in crisis. I want to be with you and have power for the hour. And power is more than being strong. It is the presence of God in you and the presence of God that rests on you. And when a person of power walks into a room, everybody recognizes it. Amen. Have you ever seen in a crisis when everybody's frantic and that one person of power walks into the room and the whole room calms? It's even been a scientific study that when the person of main influence walks into a room, such as a board meeting, everybody's heart rate begins to beat at his heart rate. It's scientific fact. Go study it out. When a person of influence walks into the room, heart rates change. When Jesus walks into the room, our heart rate should change a little bit. The power for the hour has shown up. And he's not just wanting to be with you in a moment. He's wanting you to have power for the hour because he's trying to make the moment into a movement of his power that will not just affect you because he's applying himself inside of you to affect the people around you. And he's trying to make you be the influencer, not the one being influenced by the, the circumstance or crisis. Oh, come on now. He has power for the hour that you're in. He wants it to abide in your life. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 says this. On one occasion while he was with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. But wait for the gift. But wait for the gift. But wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates that my father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power for the hour when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses then in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You will then be my witnesses in the hospital room and outside the hospital room and in the moment of crisis. You're going to be his witness because you've waited. A lot of people want power for the hour but you haven't waited for his presence. We want power for the hour that we're in to get through the moment of crisis to be the influencer but you're not going to have power for the hour until you've waited in his presence. We love Acts chapter 2 because they showed the power for the hour that showed up when the Holy Spirit came and everybody was changed. But we don't want to wait 10 days in his presence. Until you wait in his presence, you won't have power for the hour. See, how you respond in the moment, strength for the moment, shows how you've been hosting the presence. But to have power for the hour that that transcends the element of time, that continues to move after the moment's crossed, is going to show how you've been waiting in his presence. Because a lot of people say Jesus' last words in the Bible were, go into all the nations and preach the gospel. That was not Jesus' last words. His last words were, wait for my gift of my presence, my spirit. Wait for my gift before you go. See, a lot of people are trying to go with power for the hour and you haven't waited for the gift. And you don't have to wait long. You just got to really want it. Come on, you don't got to wait long. 
God's not trying to hold it back from you. They had to wait 10 days because they were on the 40th day. And God said, I can't send them until Pentecost, which means 50 days after the resurrection. So they had a 10-day waiting period that God says, you ain't got to wait 10 days. You just got to really want it. And if you'll stay in my presence long enough, I'll give you strength for the moment. But as you abide in my presence and wait for my gift, I'll give you more than strength for the moment. I'll give you power for the hour. And it'll get you through the elongation of time when the crisis doesn't seem to end. And we got to remember, he's not trying to just get us somewhere. He's trying to multiply him in you. Everybody say strength for the moment. Power for the hour. Say anointing for the day. Say anointing for the day. Our definition, my definition of anointing is this. It's heaven touches earth. I tell the worship team the only thing I want Sunday morning is anointing. I want heaven touching earth. When I preach, I don't want anything but anointing. I want heaven to touch earth. When I walk in the streets and when I walk down Walmart, I don't want anything but heaven touching earth. I want the anointing. I don't want it just when I preach. I want it when I live. I want my kids to see anointing on me. I want my kids to see heaven touching earth rather than hell being released in a household. Come on. Come on. See, a lot of us want heaven to touch earth, but we're releasing hell in our households. Now, we, we must begin to understand, if we're going to go by this definition of anointing, and, and this is my definition, so it's the definition that we're going to use for this message or, or the rest of the series of message, uh, anointing is heaven touching earth. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, Father, your kingdom or culture come, your will or culture be done, heaven come to touch earth as it's already like this in heaven, is what he said. So when we say strength for the moment, He's trying to get you through the moment. We say power for the hour. He's trying to start a movement, anointing for the day. He says, I'm ready for heaven to touch earth and deal with the crisis that you're going through. Strength for the moment, power for the hour. And he's not satisfied with power for the hour because we know hours turn into days. And he says, I'm going to give you an anointing for the day because when you've resided in my presence or stewarded my presence well, my strength shows up in the, in the moment because of how you responded or reacted. But when you've waited for my gift and my presence, I'm going to make it into a movement over many moments into hours. But when that movement turns into days, I don't want to just give you strength and power. I'm ready for heaven to come to touch earth and I'm giving you anointing for the day that you're in. A lot of people stand around and wonder, why are we here in the year 2016? Because he says there's an anointing that only you can carry, that only you can handle for the day that is at hand. And God says, I'm ready for my people not just to have strength for the moment, but them to have power for the hour and them to walk in an anointing for the day of 2016 that will revolutionize the world they live in. I'm telling you, this anointing is real. When I lay my hands on sick people, I expect them to get better. I expect kingdom to come when I step up on this stage. I expect kingdom to manifest when I walk into my prayer closet. I expect it. And he says, Joel, I need you having more than strength for the moment because, because you can respond in a moment, but if you die out after a few moments, you're not, you're not starting a movement. And Joel, we need a movement to start, so I need you to have strength for the moment. Respond right in the moment, but have power for the hour. Let that strength in the moment translate to a lifestyle of power that you walk consistently for hours upon end in the moment of my strength and my anointing because of my presence. But I don't want to stop it just with power. I want to give you my anointing. I don't want to just give you the ability to change it. 
I want heaven to come and manifest in the midst of it. Now, anointing for the day is a great thing. And through this whole message, I've preached it from one-sided. I've preached it from the moment of crisis. I've preached it from the moment of when that day happens, when that phone call comes, when that thing goes, goes bad. But if you'll study the parable of the talents that we've been dealing with, the parable of the talents wasn't a tragedy. The parable of the talents was about success. And it's, and it's amazing as we read the parable of the talents and we see people who will run to God in the midst of a crisis. It's not hard to, hard to turn, God in the, turn to God in the midst of a crisis. He's all you got. Come on. When the cancer call comes, he's all you got. When the bankruptcy happens, he's all you got. When the kids go crazy, he's all you got. And it's not hard to turn, God, turn to God when he's all you got. But the real test in life is not turning to him when it's all you got, but when he brings great success upon your life. And you start walking in this anointing of kingdom and miracle signs and wonders start taking place and great success happens. Will you trust him in the moment of success just like you did in the moment of trial? Because most Christians don't fail so much in the trial. They fail when they become successful over a long period of time. And their success takes the place of their trust in the Father. Because when your marriage was in crisis, you came to church faithfully. But now that your marriage is good, you can skip church and go play ball for a little while. Come on. You, you, you came when your finances were bad and you started tithing, but now God's blessed your business and you really don't need to, to come to church and so then you don't tithe. And so can you handle the success? See, God is not wanting you to go from crisis to crisis. He said, my people go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But if you can't handle the crisis, you definitely can't handle the success. And God's desire to have you go from crisis to crisis but for when you get out of the strength for the moment and, and, you, and you're walking in power for the hour and you're living in anointing for the day can Joel T. Meyer handle the success of ministry because it's not hard to rely on him when he's struggling he's all I got but when people say what they say about all the stuff that TWBC is doing does it make me trust him more or does it make me rely in my own self-sufficiency? See, it's, uh, passing the test of crisis isn't hard. He's all you got. It's when you become successful through the crisis and make it through the process. And he's given you authority over not just things but cities now. And now that you're walking in authority, can you handle the success in authority? Come on now. Get it. It's all that. Just get it. Because God's bringing you through a process and he's trying to put you into a place of authority where you will have great success in this life. But can you handle the success? Because you'll get more ridicule out of success than you ever will out of a crisis. I get more ridicule that our church is growing rapidly than I ever did when we started in the midst of three people in a crisis. I was told all the time, it's never going to work. It's going to fail. Hey, I could deal with that because all I had was God. But now that it's growing rapidly, well, what are y'all doing over there? How are y'all getting all these people in? I don't understand. You're stealing other people's church. Can you handle the success? Because he's trying to get you there. And how you respond in the crisis many times shows your heart of how you'll respond in the success. 
Because in the crisis, Joel's humble and he needs God. So in the success, I'm going to stay humble because I need him even more. He's trying to get you there. He's trying to bring you to a place of authority in him. Because he's not just putting you over things. He says in the parable of the minas in Luke, he says, you brought me back 10 minas. I'm giving you 10 cities. See, what you're going through right now is not for right now. It's for what he's trying to give you authority over. What you're going through right now, the, 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 the crisis of the moment, or whether you're in the power for the hour or whether you're walking in the anointing for the day, what you're going through right now is not for right now. It's what he's trying to give you authority over. And if you'll quit praying for it to end and you'll start praying that God make my arms strong for the task and I can overcome, he says, good, you're now my overcomer and I can give you authority over because I've given you strength for the moment, power for the hour, and anointing for the day that you're in to have authority over cities and to make my kingdom come, my will be done on this earth as it is in Come on now. That's what he's saying. Oh, can we handle authority? Can we handle authority? Will you walk in strength for the moment? What's your moment right now? Because many of you, it's a moment of crisis, but some of you, it's a moment of success. And either way, it's a moment of process. And in that moment of process, are you going to pray, God, in my success or in my crisis, I need strength for the moment because I'm going to respond according to how I've been abiding in your presence. So give me strength for the moment, but don't let it be a moment. I'm ready to start a movement through my life, whatever that may be, whether it be through the crisis or whether it be through the success. I'm going into a movement, and don't stop the movement because the movement is what's going to bring the kingdom to come and your will to be done. But can he trust you in the moment? How are you going to respond in this moment? Right here, right now. Because for many of you, the message I preached is a great message of ideals. I don't want it to be a message of ideals. I want it to be a message of reality. I want God to start a movement in your life. That he can bring you to a place of authority in him. Through whatever business you physically work at in this earth. You're not supposed to be a bag boy the rest of your life. I want him to give you great authority in your business so you can bring the kingdom to the realm of the business world and influence government and economics and politics and science and media and arts and religion and family and all the mountains of influence that we've been talking about. But how you respond this moment... Right now, we'll show how you've been stewarding in the presence, how you've been waiting for the gift, and how you've been embracing the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven.